Hey, what's going on? This is David G. Kang. I want to try doing a little theme music. I guess I should have started it before talking. Whatever. Cue the theme music. sound better I want to talk about something interesting putting away my musical instrument thank you so I want to talk about something when I was about nine years old or ten years old I decided to write a novel it's actually not the only time in my life that I've made this decision and I'm thinking I don't know I've thought about like actually doing something like this even you know even now even these days so when I was about 10 or 11 years old I don't remember exactly but it must have been maybe the year 2001 so that's because we were already living um, at this house, I don't have a way to describe it, but my second childhood home, we moved out of the house that I was basically born in for the first 10 years of my life and then moved on to this other house. And early on in our stay there, the first year or two, I don't remember exactly. I must have been about 10 or 11 years old. And I decided to write a novel. And I had a title. And I had a topic. The the, the theme, the, the story, right? The theme, not the plot, but the, the, the theme of my novel was a slave uprising, a slave revolt. That was my theme. And the title was the deep, dark, endless nightmare. I'm like, why? How? Where? How? Where did I get that? How the hell did I arrive at that title? You know, like living in Puerto Rico in the '90s. Like, where? You know, where did that? Where did that come from? But the topic of slavery was interesting to me for some reason, and that's not the only example that I can think of where um, I had an idea for a story about like like a slave uprising or a slave revolt or or not another story I remember that I had an idea for a story where it was not a like an idea for a movie or a short film about one slave um, uh, really uh, overthrowing his own, like, you know, master or owner or whatever. Um, but I had this thing and I decided, all right, I'm going to write, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to write down this masterpiece, <laughs> my, you know, my Nobel Prize winning novel, right? So I had the title and I type it, bah, 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 deep, dark, endless nightmare, you know, in the center of the 
top center of the page. And then I move on, and I was like, Times New Roman font size uh, 12 or 14 or 13 or whatever. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, how do I start this thing? So I start thinking about like what it is that I'm writing, and it's about a slave uprising. It's a slave revolt. And it's also... You know, it's it's a nightmare. It's something, you know, like a, it's a violent uh, uh, overthrow. It, it's, it's, it's an extremely powerful thing. It, it has horror, but the horror is not, you know, there's, there's nothing paranormal or supernatural about it. There's no, there's nothing magical about that. Um, there's nothing, you know, uh, supernatural or uh, outside of physicality. I don't know what the word is. It, it's real, real things. And, and that's where the nightmare is. It's not in anywhere outside of what we can conceive of just like material reality. So I realized this, I realized, okay, so this is not a story about magical things. This is not a story about supernatural things. So I make a list, literally the first words of my masterpiece are enumerating, listing things that are magical, things that, that do not exist, things that are supernatural or paranormal or outside of ordinary or material reality existence and things like this. So I make a list of dragons and goblins and ghosts and vampires and whatever. I just, I'm basically naming myth, mythical, mythological beings, entities. And it's a long list. I go on for like two lines or something. I don't remember. Maybe one, maybe just four or five things. Goblins. I remember mentioning goblins and whatever. And then I declare at the end of this list, this is not what this story is about. You know, this story is about something, something real, something like something in, right in front of you that you can see, that everyone can see and know and, and smell and taste, touch and, and, and cognize, you know, grok. So I write this whole first page. I don't remember anything else about this, the first page, but I basically finish writing the first page of my novel, The Deep Dark Endless Nightmare. And um, I am so excited. You know, I am so ecstatic. I am thrilled. So I printed. I printed the first page of my novel, you know, and it's the center top. It's got the title underlined. And right there, boom, like right into list of 
mythical, supernatural. I think I mentioned werewolves too. I don't know. So I print the first page of my masterpiece, my masterpiece. And I carry it over to my father. For many years, I guess I thought that was a mistake. You know, I, that was like a, a, the worst idea, the worst person to really hand this to. But that's what I did. You know, I, I, I guess I, I, I did that a lot. You know, I shared with him things that I loved. And always immediately regretted it. Always. I can't think of a single time that I shared something with him that I loved. That I was like, man, what a wonderful experience that was, sharing that with my father. So here I go. You know, with the opening opening paragraph of the deep, dark, endless nightmare over to my father, who's watching television, you know, with his shirt off, sitting on the couch. In the middle of the day, it's like a Sunday, I guess, or Saturday, whatever it is. So there's nothing going on. And I hand him what I've done, you know, hand him my work, my my literary uh, product here, my, you know, my contribution to the to the spirit of our times. And, um, you know, he just like takes it and he's like, oh my God, you know, like, I can't believe I have to be subjected to this. That's, you know, like it, in my memory, of course, I'm, I have no idea uh, what he was actually thinking. He was probably, well, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. But anyway, I hand him my thing. So he reads, he literally reads like two words, you know, and the first like two or three words are like, vampires dragons goblins and he's just like oh you know he's like what is this like what what have you done he just like throws it down to the you know like on the couch next to him and he's like what you know he's 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 going through my list of things that my story is not about um with, you know, like I said, like, this is not what the story is about. Like, I literally made this long list of magical things that I won't be, you know, touching. I won't be including in my story. But that's what that's what he receives. That's what his mind is like, you know. So for like a very conservative Christian who is very intent on eliminating anything demonic or supernatural from our lives that was like like a huge slap in the face you know that was really really disturbing for him to to be subjected to reading these things basically these words that he was not you know he was not properly perceiving and he was not seeing the proper context really you know so he just throws it on the thing on the couch next to him and i'm like you know he's like He's like upset. He's like, what have you done? What is this that you're writing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to keep reading. You know, trust me. Like, you got to keep going. And I uh, don't remember exactly what happened next, but I have a, 
in my memory, I think what he did, he was just like, he just went a deep sigh. Cause I think I explained to him like, no, 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 you have to understand. That's not what the story is about. And if you actually read all the way through the, to the next sentence, you'll be able to see that I'm explaining something else. And it's a, it's a slave uprising. It's a slave revolt. It's a coup d'etat. It's this whole thing, you know, but you know, that was, uh, I don't think he was satisfied. And he just let out this deep sigh of frustration. And he's like, he picks it up again. And he's he's forcing himself to perform like reading this, my, my literary masterpiece. He's holding it in front of his face. But he's he he's like not blocking out the TV. You know, he's like holding my story in front of him and the television is still still like in full view so he's holding it in such a way that he's able to um kind of come up for air if you will he's like you know diving into my little um work of art here but if 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 the words get to be like too annoying for him too, you know, too unbearable too, you know, too much, then he can come up for, he can look at back at the TV and like watch like Steven Seagal or somebody, Steven Seagal, like break somebody's arm for, you know, like 90 seconds or Bruce Willis kill a couple of people. And then he can come back to the, this thing that I've produced out of my literary genius, you know? And I'm just standing there in the door at this point, kind of forcing myself to bear witness to this bizarre um, unfolding and just like feeling this pain, just standing in the door, just watching him basically torture himself by subjecting himself to, you know, to this really low form of art, which I have um, dropped onto him out of the blue. And he just wanted to watch his movies or whatever and that was a real wound you know that's something that that seriously hurt me because um there were many many times where i would make up stories and write stories um and actually i'm remembering there was like some really dark stories about the devil and fires and (laughs) <laughs> like a devil worshiper killing himself and in the 1600s like what was i thinking I'm like nine ten years old thinking about these things you know what's going on i'm wondering if that's like you know there's like a, something from a past life maybe i was a like a, an actual storyteller maybe i did that for a living i mean i don't know i kind of hope that that would be so cool I don't know. Been thinking a lot about past lives recently. But the point is, 
getting back to my deep, dark, endless nightmare moment with my father, you know, I'm standing there, the door of this room, the, the TV room really is what it was. And my father is basically rejecting me, rejecting what I've done with my mind, rejecting the 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 work that I did and I so proudly shared with him is rejecting what I've done, rejecting my story, rejecting my idea, rejecting who I am. And I come back to it now. And the way that I relate to that feeling of rejection, that perception of rejection, I'm like, you know, there it is. That's, that's the story. That's the gift that he gave me. He gave me this opportunity to relate with that bitter feeling of disappointment. And I have a choice. I have a choice here. This is where, you know, it's, it's not just kind of telling a, a story that means nothing to me. It's not just telling a story about things that I, you know, perceive as fantastic or magical or real or, you know, material, physical things. This is like an opportunity for me to tell something that, that actually means something to me and actually be the one, be able to accept what I did at a time when he was not available to do that for whatever reason. I've heard Roshi say this to me before. You know, your father, for whatever reason, was not available to listen to you at that time. You don't know why that happened. There's no way to know why he was unav unavailable, unable to listen, unable to acknowledge what I was experiencing. But I now have that ability. I can go back to that moment and be the one to accept. And I can even get, I don't know, pretty creative. I can utilize my imagination and put words into his mouth even. And I can get creative with it. You know, I can get creative with, with um, putting words of encouragement in his mouth at that time words of um, acceptance, words of love. And, and I can do that for myself. This is one of the gifts that I receive from my father, is that moment, is that opportunity to really see this from more than one angle, from a different angle than that of my father has rejected me. My father doesn't love me. My father rejects who I am. 
I have a chance to see this in a different way. And even if it hurts, I'm willing to go that way. I'm willing to take that. Even if it means really giving up or abandoning a conclusion that I've had about him my entire life or about myself my entire life. I can step out of the deep, dark, endless nightmare. I can overthrow the master of the mind and try to see things a little bit differently, even if it hurts, to find a way to peace. And this is the most powerful gift that I can receive from this world. And it was presented to me in the shape of the rejection of my father. <laughs>